Well, I'm, I'm super excited about this brand new series. And I know what, I know what you're going to think. I know what some of you are probably saying. You always say that. Well, it's always true. If I ever come out and go, man, this series is just going to suck. I'm so sorry. We just got to get through this. That's something. But, but I really am excited about this series. I'm not there yet. And it, it kind of came about by me thinking about an event that happened in my life Several years ago, I'm talking the 1990s. Some of you weren't even born, so you're going to have to take my word for it. Back in the 1990s, we didn't have like CrossFit or Cycle Bar or Peloton or whatever. We had health clubs, and you would go to the health club, and that's what, it was like a one-stop shop. You can do it all. Well, my health club that I went to had some racquetball courts, and I would go by there and see people playing racquetball, and I was like, well, how hard can that be? So I went to Walmart. Um, I think that might be the last time I went to Walmart in 1990-something and bought a $15 racquetball racket, and some friends and I started playing racquetball. Now, what happened was that um, for some reason, I still don't know why, I became the best out of the particular group that I played with. I, I won probably 80 or 90% of the racquetball games that I played. Let me pause real quick. I'm, don't put it in the... I'm not playing you in racquetball. I'm not. I don't want to play racquetball. This is an old illustration. So, back to the illustration... Um, I won the majority of the time. And so one day I got to the club, um, and I'm getting ready to play, and none of my friends were able to make it that day. And, and so I'm just kind of standing around, and I was like, well, I'll go in and hit by myself. Now, there was an older guy at the club. When I say old, I mean, he was, he was, he was, he probably sailed on the ark with Noah. I mean, this is an old guy, all right? And, and um, everybody called him Pop. Everybody just called him Pop, everybody around Anderson. In fact, if you're from Anderson, everybody called him Pop Murphy. That's who he was. And um, he looked like RoboCop every time he played racquetball. He, like, he had braces, and, and, and he had the tape and everything. And um, he walked by the court where I was, and he was like, um, you want to you wanna, you wanna play, preacher? Now, let me push the pause button for just a second and let you know that in the club that I went to, there was some flyers. We used to have to do flyers before social media. If you don't know what flyers are, ask your grandparents or Google it, um, that were talking about a racquetball tournament coming up. And I thought, well, I, I'm, I'm pretty good. I should, I should think about entering this tournament. You know, you pay a little money, but if you win, you get more back. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, that's gambling. <laughs> so is the stock market. So anyway, um, so, so I, I'm not advocating, I'm just saying it is. So just before you judge, cash out your 401k. Um, so, so we're playing, uh, I wanted to play in the tournament. I was seriously considering about getting in this tournament. Now back to the story. Pop asked me, would you like to play? Now at first I said no, because to be honest, I didn't want to wear the old man out. I mean, he was old and I just didn't want to be responsible for anything bad that happened to him. And he did, when I told him no, he did that old man chuckle. I don't know if you've ever heard the old man chuckle, but it was the old man chuckle. And he's like, scared to play an old man preacher. Now, at the time, I wasn't a preacher. I was just a youth pastor, but he called me preacher. And when he said, are you scared, to a dude, that's like, that. I was like, all right, come on in. Come on in. Come on over, Cletus. So I told him to come on in, and, and we played racquetball. And it was, listen, it was, it was unreal. It was a domination. 15-1, 15-2, 15-1. He wore me out like a drum. I mean, he beat me. So I don't think he moved. I think he stood in one spot and just did this and had me running all over everywhere. I've never been that humiliated. I mean, I was so humiliated. And we're sitting down after the game, and he's kind of looking at me. And every time he would look at me, he would chuckle. And I'd be like, you know, this is, we got to stop this soon. This has just got to be done. 
And so I said, well, Pop, I said, um, have you, you know there's a tournament coming up? And he said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, have you, have you thought about entering the tournament? And he looked at me and said, hail no. Now, in the South, when you can turn a one-syllable cuss word into a two-syllable cuss word, that's, that's Southern right there. And I was like, Re- really? He goes, oh, no, no, no. He said, Perry, the guys in the tournament are good. And I was like, well, you're good. He goes, no, 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 Perry, you don't understand. I wouldn't even score on the guys in the tournament. I said, okay. And he said, are you thinking about getting in the tournament? I said, hey. No, okay, so, so I kind of let him know. But the point was, I thought I was at a certain place in my life. But in reality, I wasn't there yet. And that's happened to me as a Christian as well. There are times, there have been times in my life in following Christ that I think, you know what, I'm good. I got it down. Things are great. And then something happens or a series of things happen. And I realize that I'm not as far along as I thought I was. Now, that's what we're going to talk about in this series. Because I love, listen, I love the Bible. I love God's word. I love it from Genesis to Revelation. I legitimately even study the maps. I love it that much. But there's some things in the Bible that cause me to scratch my head. There's some things in the Bible that confuse me. There's some things in the Bible that I'm like, Did you, is that really there? And then there's some things in the Bible I'm like, that's a good idea for a lot of other people, but I'm not sure I'm there yet. And that's what this whole series is going to be based on. Now, with all that being said, let me ask you this question. What brings you joy? I'm talking about not, not just happiness, but just like joy. Like for, for me, it's several things. It's, it's ice cream. Ice cream brings me joy. I have ice cream every single Sunday after church. I eat ice cream and I love it. And now people are like, and listen, when I go ice cream, I don't go sugar-free. I, I'm going all full-blown like ice cream. You know why? It brings me joy. It brings me joy. You know what brings me joy? My, my dog, Chance, most of the time. Most of the time, he brings me joy. We, we had fun yesterday. He's, uh, we've recently moved, and we're in a neighborhood now. We used to live downtown, and now we're in the neighborhood, and he chases birds. And it just it makes me so happy to watch him chase birds because in his mind, his little mind, he thinks he's going to get it. So anyway, it brings me joy. You know what else brings me joy? College football. Um, this is, now, if you're, a, if you're a Georgia or a South Carolina fan, you've never seen one of these. Um, <laughs> So you, you don't know how that could bring joy. <laughs> had to do it. I had to do it. Did you see that, Philip? Did you see it? Get off your phone. Right, did you see that? I'm just kidding. He's not on his phone. That College football. College football brings me joy. There's all kinds of things that bring you joy, that bring me joy, that bring us joy. But let me tell you what nobody said when I ask you what brings you joy. Trouble. Man, I love, I love trouble. I love global trouble. I love national trouble. I love state trouble. In fact, the thing I love the most is personal trouble. That, that just makes me happy. Nobody, nobody said trouble brings me joy, which is why we've got to take a look at something a guy in Scripture named James said. Now, James is a book in the New Testament. It, a lot of scholars believe it's actually the oldest book in the New Testament. 
It was written by the half-brother of Jesus. So they had the same mother. They didn't have the same dad. Jesus' dad being God. Okay, that, that, and, and so James, James writes a letter to some people, and he, this is how he opens it up. And this is where the whole idea, this is where the whole concept of I'm not there yet really, really, really stands out. James says this to some people. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I'm not there yet. I don't know. If you are, praise God. Please go walk on some water this afternoon. South Carolina governor said the boat ramps are open, but you know what? You didn't need a boat ramp. You just step right off the bridge and walk on the water. But everybody else, if we're, if we're honest. Now, now, let me kind of walk through this and point out some things that kind of stood out to me as I really kind of try to dig into this verse over the past couple of weeks. Um, first of all, James says, dear brothers and sisters. So James is writing to people that identify themselves as Jesus followers, as Christians. And the reason I say that is because there's a brand of Christianity out there that said, if you'll just believe in Jesus, you won't have any troubles. And if you do have troubles, it's because you don't have faith. And that, that's, there's a lot of words going through my mind right now that I'm trying to filter out and just find a good one to say. That's BS, that's that's BS. James is writing to Christians, and if anybody knew anything about Christianity, I'm going to go ahead and put my chips on the half-brother of Jesus to know something about following Jesus. And he said, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles, not if, when, when. In other words, James was saying, trouble's coming, not if. But when Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, he turns to his followers, the people closest to him, they're at this thing called the Lord's Supper. And he said, in this world, you will have trouble. And the reason I say this is because so many people have had something bad happen to you. And I understand, I understand all of us have experienced bad things, tragic things. And because, because these things happen, We walk away from God and we say, how could we follow God when that much trouble has come into my life? When in actuality, God never promised us a life free from trouble. He actually said it was going to come our way. He tells us all through the scriptures that trouble's coming so we can prepare for it. So James is saying right here, when trouble, now I love this, when troubles of any kind come your way. Now, if you grew up in church world, there's like Christian trouble and like real trouble. And if you've ever been in a group where you, everybody does prayer request, which I can't, I, I just can't do the prayer request thing um, in, a, in a group. And then everybody prays and you hold hands. And if you don't want to pray, you just squeeze the hand of the person next to you. And there's always one person that prays. Um, like for 28 minutes and, and you just go and you get, some, you get your pedicure and a manicure, come back and they're still praying. And anyway, I'm not making fun. Yeah, I am. I am absolutely making fun of them. I'm sorry. But what happens in, in groups when you do prayer requests is typically we, we confess Christian troubles. And when I say Christian troubles, it's like this. Y'all pray for me. I was only able to read my Bible for 30 minutes a day this week. And um, normally I go an hour. And everybody in the group's like, oh. 
Bless him, Jesus. Bless him, Jesus. Somebody else doesn't want to be outdone. They're like, hey, 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 hey. Um, I, I, normally, I only listen to Christian music, but I listened to Travis Tritt this week. I, I did. Oh, my God. Oh, so, you know what happens when you listen to country music backwards, don't you? Your dog comes home. You get your job back. You sober up. I mean, I, but that's just, just we're going to pray, oh, get that Travis Tritt demon out of him. Lord Jesus. Like, we'll, we'll confess that. And then, but this is my favorite. And you've heard me talk about this before. This is, my, this is my favorite. This is the thing. It's my favorite, but it drives me up the wall. There's always the one person that goes, unspoken. Well, technically, it's not unspoken because you just spoke it. Thank you very much. You just spoke an unspoken. You cannot speak an unspoken. Thank you. If it's unspoken, just keep it unspoken and don't speak about the unspoken. Thank you. But what I've also discovered is the unspoken is what needs to get said. The unspoken is what needs to come out. All these Christian problems, and I'm sure they're problems, and you know, and by the way, I don't think it's a sin to listen to Travis Tritt, but, but I, I, the unspoken things are the things that really need to get said. And so when any kind of trouble comes your way, I, like, oh, for instance, a global pandemic, that would be trouble. Oh, and if you live in the upstate of South Carolina, um, on top of the global pandemic, uh, we just had some tornadoes thrown in last week. And then people are losing their jobs. Anxiety, that's something we could talk about. Depression, like not knowing when we're going to get to go back to work. Those kind of troubles, any kind of troubles. When James says when any kind of trouble comes your way. Now, this is where it gets <laughs> messed up. Because people say, you know, the Bible says when trouble comes your way, you should rejoice. No, 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 no. How weird would that be? You're having a problem. I'm addicted! Woo! I can't quit looking at pictures of naked people on the computer! Yes! I have no I don't know where that came from. That, like that, we would consider that weird, right? So, so it doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say, have great joy. It says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Consider it. Consider. You aren't going to get it back, are you? You aren't going to get it back. You aren't going to get it back. You aren't going to get it back. Consider it an opportunity. Now, the only way that we can consider something is if we have the perspective of God and others. Because let me tell you something, when trouble comes, when trouble comes and we don't pause to consider the opinion of God and others, our options are isolation and self-medication. And this is what happens. James said, let, let, me, let me go back to that verse for just a second. James said, consider it an opportunity for great joy. The way we truly consider something is we pause in the middle of all hell breaking loose and we say, you know what, God? I need to see this situation through your eyes. And then we ask God, show me who in my life I can talk to 
that can help me gain a better perspective on this. That's what consideration is. Because when we see things through God's perspective, and we have other people speaking to our lives, because I don't know about you, but I got some blind spots in my life. And I need the help of other people to point out those blind spots. Because if I don't, if I don't, I will and you will every time. Isolation and self-medication. Isolation and self-medication. We'll begin to drink too much, take too many pills, eat too much, and rely on, and, and we, we isolate ourselves. And let me, this is the goal of the enemy. If he can get us isolated and thinking we're the only one that struggles with that, we're, we're the only person that has that problem, isolate, destruction is only one step away from isolation. And that's what the enemy's trying to do. But I understand the fear. If, if I really tell what's troubling me, then, then people are going to think I'm weird. People are going to think I'm crazy. People are going to think. And so I, I can't get real. I can't keep it real. Isn't it funny that we can keep it real with our pagan friends, but we can't keep it real with our Christian friends? Why is that? I'm afraid we'll get kicked out. But at the end of the day, we cannot be healed if we refuse to get real. If we want to be healed from the, from the trials and the temptation that the trouble is bringing to our lives, we got to get real. And until we get real, we cannot be healed. James said, consider it. He didn't say have joy when troubles come. Consider it an opportunity for joy. And then he goes on to say this in verse 3. I'm so glad he said this. He said, for you know, for you know that when your faith, not if, but when, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Now, I don't, I don't like tests. I don't like them. I never have liked tests. Like when I, I I've, I've always freaked out. Just the thought of a test causes me to start sweating a little bit. I don't like tests. But in actuality, in our walk with God, our faith is just going to be tested sometimes. And James says, the more and more we experience trouble, the more we consider the opinion or we consider the, the perspective of God and the perspective of others who have permission to speak into our lives. By the way, everybody should not have permission to speak into your life. Just certain people, people that know you. So, so when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Your endurance has a chance to grow. And, and in other words, the more we walk with Christ, the, the more our endurance actually builds up. It's not, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that somebody will walk with Jesus for 10 years and expect somebody who just comes to Christ to be in 10 months where it took them 10 years to get? We, we, need, to be, we need to be willing to let other people walk with Jesus at their own pace and build up their endurance. Like for example, yesterday, yesterday I went for a run. I went for, I had a great run yesterday. I ran a half marathon just for no reason at all. Nobody was chasing me. Um, I just went 13.2 miles because I felt like it. I had nothing to do. We're in quarantine. What are you going to do? I just ran. Um, and, and people have asked me before, 
Perry, when, in regards to running, like, did you just, like, just start running one day? Absolutely. I was in the eighth grade. I weighed 300 pounds. I wore size 50 in the waist. I was sitting on my couch, eating a Star Crunch, drinking a Pepsi. Completely ashamed that I was drinking a Pepsi. I should have been drinking a Coke. Everybody knows Pepsi is of the Communist Party. And I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kidding. It's a joke. But um, I was sitting there, and I remember thinking, I don't want to. I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm tired of being like this. Literally, this is this is how I make decisions. It's, it's good sometimes. Sometimes it's not so good. But I said, you know what? I'm going running. So I put on a pair of Reebok, Reebok tennis shoes. And they weren't running shoes because it was the '80s. We didn't know anything about running shoes. And I had these bright orange sweatpants. Now, I still remember they were double XL. Um, and I put them on, and it was like I was wearing spandex before spandex was cool because every ounce of thread was begging for mercy because my body was huge. And I went out to the driveway, and I looked, and our next-door neighbors, our next-door neighbors had two driveways. And I said, you know what? I, I'm going to run to that driveway, and then when I, when I get there, I'm going to walk until I catch my breath, and I'm going to start running again. And that's what I did. I ran to the first driveway, Almost threw up, caught my breath, started running it. Before, before I knew it, I made it the second driveway. Before I knew it, I made it half a mile. Before I knew it, I made a, it, it took time. It took time. But over time, I, I built up endurance. And I want to pause and just encourage somebody. I want to encourage somebody who's listening to this message today and you're a little bit discouraged about where you are in life. You're overwhelmed. Maybe it's the coronavirus or maybe it's the job loss or maybe it's something personal going on. And I know that when problems get real, we can lose perspective on everything that has happened around us. But I feel like God wants me to tell somebody today, look how far you've come. Look how far you've come. You're stronger than you think you are. I mean, it, it's, I'm, not set, I'm not trying to make light of the situation. The situation that you're in is heavy. The situation you're in is a struggle. But look, how, look where God brought you from. Could you have handled what you're going through right now five years ago? Could you have handled it 10 years ago? Could you have handled it six months ago? No, but you can handle it today. You know why? Slowly but surely, without even realizing it, as we walk with Christ, our endurance builds up over and over and over. You're stronger than you think. Now, the pe people push back on this, and I understand. <laughs> if I'm stronger than I think, then why, do I, why did I fall down? If I'm stronger than I think, why did I mess up? Well, think about a baby for a second. You ever seen a, a baby walk? But let's, let's be honest. The first time a baby walks, a baby does not walk. A baby falls forward. He took, she took two steps and did a face plant. But this is what I've learned about babies just by, just by watching. If you don't allow a baby to fall, the baby will never learn to walk. If you don't allow a baby to fall, a baby will never learn to walk. And if we don't make an allowance, because all of us are going to fall. All of us are going to mess up. I'm, I'm the king of mess ups. I got some people watching right now that you're like, no, 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 I'm the king. I'm the queen of mess ups. But understand this, just because I've messed up doesn't mean that I'm messed up. I, I'm not going to push back on anybody saying you messed up. You absolutely messed up. I absolutely messed up. But just because we've messed up 
doesn't mean we're messed up because at the end of the day, if we're a Christian, our identity comes from our heavenly father, not our earthly failure. I'll say it again because that was awesome and that is nowhere in my notes. If you're a Christian, our identity comes from our heavenly father, not our earthly failure. And when you mess up, the thing to do is not just sit there and talk about the mess. Get back up and keep going forward. You know why? Because God is building up your endurance and he can use everything, even our mess ups for his glory and our joy. That's what James said, the half-brother of Jesus. I'm just, I'm just rolling with James this morning. Then he said this. He said, so let it grow. I, every time I read that this week, I had frozen in my head. Let it grow, let it grow. I mean, I'm sorry if I planted that song in your head. It just stuck. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete needing nothing. In other words, you're going to be mature. And, and the goal toward being a Christian is to continually walk toward maturity. Now, I, I want to make this very clear. In, in church world today, we get the whole maturity thing mixed up. And we equate maturity with activity. So, so um, and, and you've heard me talk about this before, but like if you're having trouble, then Read your Bible. Well, I'm reading my Bible. We'll read it more. Well, um, I'm having trouble. We'll pray. I'm praying. We'll pray more. Um, it, well, I'm, I'm serving. We'll serve more. Let me ask you a question. How's that working? I'm exhausted. Do more. Never works. So it's not activity that we should be seeking to do more of. When it comes to the trouble in our lives, let me just say this. Maturity is not based on more activity, but rather intentional honesty. In other words, there has to be a time, listen, when we get real with God and we get real with other people. Get, I'm, I'm talking about get real with God. I mean, when you pray, you, you say exactly what's on your mind. Because let me, God can handle it. I've heard people say, don't question God. He's, he's bigger than all our questions. It's, it's where we, maturity is where we get real with God. So if you're going through some trouble today, if you're weighed down by trouble, if trouble is pressing in on you and you feel like you're about to crush, it's time to get honest with God. Tell him what you think. Tell him what you feel. Ask him for help. That, that's where, it, and, and get honest with other people. Find a person or two. It doesn't have to be a lot of people. Dear God, it doesn't have to be on social media. Find one or two people that you can trust and say, you know what? This is happening. This is going on. This is how I feel. And, and the right person is always the person that will listen to you and not give you 17 things you need to go and do, but nod their head with you, pray with you, pray for you, and encourage you along the way. That is how you and I get healing from the trouble that's in our lives. So two things, two things, two things I'm hoping that we will take from this message. Two prayers, two, two big ideas that I hope that we walk away with. I pray that all of us today, no matter where you're watching from, no matter what situation that you're in, I pray all of us would, would pray two things. Number one, 
We would pray, God, help me see things from your perspective. God, let me, let me see as you see. Because when this happens, unbelievable clarity comes. And, and let, me, let me be very clear. It doesn't take the hurt away. But it gives us perspective to show us why. Like when my mother passed away, that was one of the most tragic events in my life, hands down. But looking back, looking back, now as a 48-year-old man, I can see some really good things that came out of it. I've had people go, would, would you choose? No, I wouldn't choose that ever. I wouldn't ever choose that. But as I've paused over the past 37 years and asked God to show me that tragedy through his perspective, I've slowly but surely been able to find joy even in the middle of tragedy. I'm not saying God will take the hurt away. I'm not saying that God will take that scar away. What I am telling you is that he will allow us to see joy. He will allow us to experience joy. You know why? Because he turns graves into gardens like we sang about. The, the other thing, prayer, is God, show me who can help me see things from your perspective. Who is it in my life that can help me see things from your perspective? Who is it that I can tr trust? Who is it that I can just open up to and they will listen to me without judging me because at the end of the day if you and i are willing to ask god for help and others for help we will see unbelievable healing take place in our lives we will see bones turn into armies we will see seas turn into highways we will see graves turn into gardens because that's who he is that's what he does